you're listening to the C to Movies. My name's Colin. I am the C. With me, as ever, is Zijan, who is the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. I hear you're feeling under the weather today. I'm not uh, I'm not as well as I have been. It's true. I'm uh, a bit like Theresa May in her conference speech. I might, might cough occasionally. Uh, I don't think Theresa May got very good feedback for that. She, no, you, no. I don't think we'll get good feedback if you do that. Yeah, but at least I don't have any, uh, anything behind me to fall off, fall down during the podcast. Uh, or someone handing you a text return form. Yes. Well, in fairness, both things things could be happening, but via podcast, no one knows. I could be surrounded by P45s. <laughs> like, Poor Theresa May. Yeah. Oh, well, she's welcome on our podcast anytime if she wants to come and talk about her favourite films. Really, Colin? I think. Would, would, you, would you turn her down? <laughs> no, probably not. I think I, I need, we, we need as many people, um, yeah, I just, anyone really I just like that Theresa May wants to do on the podcast like no no sorry Theresa <laughs> you, you messed up the conference speech we can't have you messing up our podcast <laughs> anyway uh, today we're mostly talking about the top 10 films beginning with the letter C we've had lots of uh, input on that one so I'm excited in our opinions as well by the way it's not the definitive top 10 films beginning with letter C no it's, it is absolutely definitive this is <laughs> 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 this is incontrovertible. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's th- a big word. It is a big word, and it almost begins with a C. Uh, thank you for the many of you who uh, who made suggestions. We'll name check you all, so you'll be almost as famous as that's us, as us, <laughs> and Theresa May. Um, we also have uh, a quiz about Darren Aronofsky. Uh, we're doing talking about the films of Bill Hader. And much, much, much more. more. Uh, but first of all, as ever, we talk movie news. Do you have any for me, Zijan? Yes. So that's reassuring. You know, <laughs> don't you have any? I do. I have loads, actually. It's been a... so. Doug Liman. Yes. Uh, director of Age of Tomorrow. Of course. Uh, is making a film called Chaos Walking. Okay. Starring Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley. Ah. So this is uh, a a young adult novel. It's based on a young adult novel our favorite. called The yes. Knife of Never Letting Go. Yeah, your fa- our favourite and our audience's favourite. Except when um, we do more of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's about, it's a sci-fi story, obviously, about a world where women have almost entirely vanished. Okay. And where those who are left can hear one another's thoughts. Huh. And Daisy Ridley plays a woman who doesn't appear to be able to speak. It's uh, intriguing. Yeah. And it's out, it's spring of like 2019 so it's quite a long way away but it's probably the first non-spider-man film for mr tom holland uh, he was he was in the impossible oh yeah he was which, in the impossible. Uh, not seen, but yes uh, off the back of and off the back daisy of. ridley's got murder in your orange express coming up soon hasn't she but um not not mm. sure what else she's got in the pipeline okay intriguing chaos walking chaos walking good title um speaking of upcoming films uh most of this is rumours, I think, but uh, Leonardo DiCaprio may well be playing Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, ah, yes. In a f- and reuniting him with Martin Scorsese, right? Yes, these, which is probably, uh, well, a fifth film together? Sixth, maybe? They'd, they've done quite a lot. Uh, starting with Gangs of New York back in the day, I think. Uh, yeah, Leo doesn't look a lot like Teddy Roosevelt, but I'm sure he could pull it off. Mm, yeah, and Martin Scorsese, I like his films, so I can't complain. Yeah, it feels like a, Leo's no longer chasing after that Oscar he's been wanting for <laughs> 20 years, but this this feels like quite an Oscar-y type role. Uh, you remember Teddy, oh, Teddy Roosevelt played by Robin Williams in the Night at the Museum trilogy? Uh, I don't know my 
US pres- American presidents that well, but okay. what's significant about Teddy Roosevelt? About Apart from a bear being named after him, well, the bear being named after him is the big biggest thing I know about him. He's, he's one of the uh, he's one of the faces on Mount Rushmore. He was assassinated as well, wasn't he? Nope. 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 I, I swear, one of in, these days, <laughs> unless this is a, like, a big conspiracy theory that no one else is aware of. <laughs> uh, he was the youngest. The youngest what? Prime uh, President Swanin. Was he really? I don't know. Maybe I'm making this up, <laughs> just like his assassination attempt. And he was the first man on the moon. It's uh, it's incredible. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's done many many things. I think he, yeah. I, I most of what I know about him comes from an episode of uh, How I Met Your Mother when uh, when they're talking about him. But he, he did all kinds of crazy stuff, apparently. Um, quite a quite a, 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 a bruiser, I think. He, he, if you wanted to have, if it was kind of an, an all president fight, I think Teddy Roosevelt would be uh, potentially the winner of that. Oh, that's good to know. There you go. <laughs> that that would be a film I'll watch. <laughs> the president's fight that would that would be good actually I don't yeah you should sell that right let's do it sorry <laughs> <laughs> well we're quitting the podcast game to get into the movie business um, <laughs> that that was our whole you know that was the whole premise all along about this podcast yeah, Colin. just waiting for a good film idea exactly and now it's finally here we don't need After... a script we don't need a cast we don't need, we don't need a title of a film we just need the idea <laughs> and we'll make our millions smart <laughs> Uh, speaking about upcoming films and brawling again. Oh yes. Uh, we know that an upco- there's an upcoming Charlie's Angels film. Yes. Yep. Directed by Elizabeth Banks. Apparently so. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently, Kristen Stewart and Lupita Nyong'o are two of the leading candidates. Which surprised me. Charlie's Angels. I must admit, because I thought Kristen Stewart was done with the kind of blockbuster after after Twilight and and Snow White. I thought she was kind of doing more kind of yeah. Indie kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that she's... I'm assuming this is going to be a blockbuster type thing rather than an indie take on Charlie's Angels, but... I'm not sure I can picture her as a Charlie Angel, though. No. Like, she doesn't seem like the kick-butt kind of female character. No. And I've, I've not seen a lot of stuff with Lupita Nyong'o in it, I think, because uh, I know she was in uh, in Star Wars as a voice and character, so I've seen her in that, I guess. But, uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, but- it's not... It's not your, your traditional go-to characters for these type of things. It's not your your Cameron Diaz's and your Drew Barrymore's, my view. So yeah, but yeah, who knows? Would Would you think that they'll do a gender bending version of Charlie's Angels one day? Uh, no. <laughs> Although Charlie is a girl's name as well, so it's it writes, exactly it, it writes itself. Um, yeah. So female Charlie and then three male angels. Yes. Very. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yes, because what we really need is more male, male-based action films. <laughs> There's not enough of those. Um, I guess because in, in, in the, uh, in the, I'm not going to say the original, but in the Cameron Diaz one, they had Lucy Liu, didn't they? So they were pushing the ethnic boundaries there, which they're doing again with Lupita Nyong'o. So it's not just well. There was uh, someone blonde, someone brunette, and someone red-headed as well, right? Yes, the the full gamut of of womanhood. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that was. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, uh, those. Those weren't terrible films, were they? The Charlie's Angels films? Was- no, no, no. Um, I've seen the first one. I didn't see the second one. But, you know, it's, if you want a, like a, a, a fun romp, yeah. why why not, right? First one's all right, yeah. Second one, actually, mm. now I think about it, was terrible. But um, It stars uh, Joey Triviani, Matt LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc, yeah. Pretty much his only film that anyone's ever seen. Uh, <laughs> poor guy. Um, speaking of upcoming films again, uh, Kate Winslet is signed on to the Avatar sequels. 
Yes. There's a character called Ronal, apparently. I'm not sure how many of the sequels she signed on because there's 15 Tons. or so, who knows. Um, <laughs> reuniting her with uh, with James Cameron. Yeah, um, I always thought that there was some bad blood between James Cameron and Kate Winslet. Yeah. Well, apparently she said she'd never work with him again, but uh, there you go. Because James Cameron is known to be a taskmaster. Yeah, I, th- I think she said like he, he he makes good films and he, he knows what he wants, but he doesn't treat people very well. Mm. Um, she's probably she's got a while. She's definitely got a lot more sway now than she did back in '97 when, or '96 when they're filming Titanic. So she might um might not put up with it so much this time. But I, I to be honest, the, whole, the whole Avatar sequels thing, I didn't think any decent actors were going to go near this because who wants to watch more like loads more Avatar films? In fairness, I probably will watch at least the first sequel. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm not sure how far they would you know go along with this. I did, it seems like he's going to create a brand new world just like Star Wars. Yeah, underwater, this one, isn't it? But it's still going to be Sam Worthington, isn't it? I assume so. He hasn't been doing much anyway, so... He's been preparing for the... uh, He's really fallen on his feet, because no one wants to hire him to do anything. But he's going to be in the uh, sequels to the biggest film ever, so... Mm. Fair play to him. Um, Up next, uh, Jared Leto. Oh, yes. He's set to play uh, Hugh Hefner. He is, yes. Uh, in uh, Brad Redner's new biopic, that's going to that's be really bad, isn't it? Yeah, uh, well, biopics are not necessarily that bad, really. I mean, it depends on what point of view you're going to put. I got no problem with the, the concept of biopics. Um, Is it just Hugh Hefner and Brett Ratner, um, <laughs> the man behind uh, X Men Three? Um, yeah, no, I, I don't want to see a film about Hugh Hefner. No, I'm not a fan. Well, but he has change the world okay yeah i mean i guess yeah. it, it depends how they how they frame it because you could go you could go the well one of two very different ways you could play it as a kind of a predator deeply unpleasant kind of guy or you could go for a uh, liberator it'd be interesting to see how they play it i mean i say interesting to see there's no way i'm seeing this film so <laughs> i'll never know <laughs> what if it's you know nominated for lots of awards colin um i'll risk it <laughs> Yeah, unless you make me unless you make me go and see it for this podcast. Yes, <laughs> let's do that as a review. Oh boy. <laughs> um, Venom, which is still coming apparently. Uh, okay. And possibly even more surprising casting than the Chinese Angels. Michelle Williams is in talks for Venom. I really didn't see her doing that kind of thing. So uh, she's obviously off the back of uh, Manchester by the Sea. Um, I guess she, she did. Um, oh, what was that Wizard of Oz prequel? I can't remember what it was called o- Oz the Great and Powerful, something like that. She was in that, so I guess she's not. Uh, she's not going to distance herself from blockbusters necessarily. But uh, I imagine it's not going to be a huge role in a Venom film. Like, she's a good actress, though. She is. She's very good. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, Tom Hardy, he's a great actor, but he does things like Mad Max and. There's nothing wrong with Mad Max, Colin. You make it sound like <laughs> it, it was. Uh, I know. I'm. I know. I'm in a minority here, but it. Uh, did not like that film at all. But there you go. Jenny Slate's also uh, signed up for Venom, apparently. Um, you're a fan of um, Parks and Recreation, too, John? Yeah, um, I love Parks and Rec. Jenny Slate played uh, John Ralphio's sister, whose name escapes me. <laughs> yeah, I can't, is it Mona Lisa? Oh, yes. Very good. There you go. She's either signed up or probably signed up or something. Ah. Precise yeah. news. Very, very precise news. I'm yeah. sure, you know, it's a good thing our audience don't pay attention Listen, to they, they can google this stuff <laughs> <laughs> no don't encourage them Colin we are the 
front. We are the, the only source of news. Everything Ever. else is fake news. Everything else is fake news. That's how we make it. A lot of what we say is fake news. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. That's so not true. Well, not a lot. But some of it... T- like the, the repeated times we said that Patty Jenkins had signed up to Wonder Woman 2 when it actually hadn't. But it came true. It did eventually, yes. I it's not so much fake news as early news. Just because we had the power of clairvoyance. Yes. It's not mean. Breaking it before it's true. That's our slogan. <laughs> <laughs> so my next bit of news uh, may not interest you much, Colin. Okay, I'll just, uh, I'll just mosey off for a bit. You carry <laughs> you on. Blank out. Yeah. Have you heard uh, an anime called Your Name? Yawning? Your Name. It was released... End of last year, I believe. Uh, no. And it so it got it was released in the UK. It was released back in Malaysia as well. Cause I heard of it when I went back home and Brian told me about it. It notched up to two hundred fifty million dollars of business. It's not bad. It's the fourth highest grossing film of all time in Japan. Really? And it's the seventh highest grossing traditionally animated film of all time. Yeah, really, really great reviews. I'm so of course, smelling a uh, US based remake of it. Yep, by J.J. Abrams. Oh, okay. Yep. So I'll tell you the gist of the story anyway. Right. Um, just to give you an idea what it's about. So it tells the story of a high school girl in rural Japan. Okay. And a high school boy for in Tokyo. Rural, for rural Japan, can I read Texas? Yeah, okay, fine. Yep. yep. And a high school boy in Tokyo. Los Angeles. Yep. Who swap bodies. Okay. Yeah, that's the gist of the story. There are obviously things that happen. Along the uh, way, do, uh, do they do they like touch each other? Or do, they, do they know each other, or do they just swap from afar? They don't know each other. They swap from afar. Okay, I'm intrigued. Yeah, so um, it, I have not seen the f- uh, original film before. Okay, and obviously there are concerns right now because of all the rave reviews that um this film has got. It's got a huge fan base. Uh, there's concerns about it being whitewashed yes. again. Yes. Yeah, which is very likely. Which is gonna happen, yeah. 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 So who knows? Uh, I'm gonna check out the anime anyway, given what people have been saying about it. So I'll let you know Do how it. it goes. Do it. Um official confirmation apparently that Bruce Willis is back in for the next Die Hard film, which I I think has been coming for a long time. Um it's it, it's a die hard prequel, but it's gonna be uh kind of book ended, I think is the theory that by Bruce Willis. So it's probably gonna be kind of Hey, I remember when I was first a cop, and then they have the film, and at the end they go, "Oh, that was a crazy old time." Ah, uh, okay, okay. Because yeah, I thought I was wondering. I thought this was supposed to be a prequel. Why is Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis coming back again? Because yeah, they're looking for a younger John McClane, right? Yeah, so. I'm assuming they're not, not going to age him down. That would be, that would be pretty <laughs> bad. Um, I mean, so when this first came out, a lot of people pointed out quite fairly that a, a, a die-hard prequel is just him being a regular cop and nothing very exciting happening. Because that's kind of the whole point of die-hard is that he's an ordinary guy pressed into extraordinary times i'm sure they will make it <laughs> not that um <laughs> yeah, they, it's not it's not gonna be good i i i would imagine but you never know Extreme. you see with our powers of clairvoyance again Colin. yep uh, i'm gonna say it's gonna be better than the hugh hefner film but worse than charlie's angels that's what i'm putting it okay <laughs> uh my last bit of news that i have oh yes uh, so Sony Pictures has made a decision to move forward with the start crossover idea for a Man in Black spin-off film. It has, yeah. Yeah. A, cross- so, a crossover? Well, it's a crossover idea. I'm not too sure what uh, what that's supposed to be. But it's just a spin-off, really. Yeah. Yeah, the script is written by Matt Holloway and Art Markham, who did Iron Man 
our first Iron Man. So, but apparently they also did uh, the one of the Transformers films. Yeah, so, um, so know. who knows where, where it'll go? Probably in the middle. <laughs> yes. And it's executively produced by Steven Spielberg. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Okay. Mm. So there, there's a big name attached to this film. I never, I'm never sure with executive producers whether they do anything. Yeah. Whether it's just that they want They it. just put their name there. Yeah. And make lots of money. But they, they've, they've jettisoned the, uh, the Jump Street crossover idea, it seems, which I thought was fun. I'd have enjoyed that. Um, okay, the only other bit I've got is uh, apparently um, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong. Denis Villeneuve, Denis Villeneuve, um, the guy who did a, a Arrival. Yep. Um, is in talks for directing Cleopatra, which is also Sony, I think. Um, Isn't he in talks to direct Bond as well? Bond, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it was a piece of news that I got this morning. Yeah. Who knows? I'm not going to make things up anymore because <laughs> this is a this is a source of all trustable news. Yes. Trustable indeed. Speaking of um, things that are made up, we have we, we take a brief uh, dip into your favourite segments, Zijan, things that Colin got wrong. Um, yeah, I love this actually. I miss this so much. Yeah, it's been a while. So um, long-term listeners may know that I can never remember Jeff Bridges' name. Uh, and I, <laughs> yes. I quite, often, I quite often call him Jeff Daniels. Um, in our last podcast about Kingsman, uh, Jeff Bridges featured a bit. I, I managed to cut out most of the times I called him Jeff Daniels. Um, well, I got you right, didn't I? You got it right, fine. Yeah, I got it right sometimes. Um, <laughs> but there was one bit I couldn't cut out because it ruined the next like 10 minutes of talk. So um, so at one point I referred to Jeff Daniels instead of Jeff Bridges. Sorry to both of them. Uh, we take uh, a stop on our next segment to see or not to Z, where we talk about films that we have seen this week and whether or not you should see them or you yes. should not Z them. Um, no! <laughs> got to get that in uh, oh it doesn't work that way <laughs> it works just like that uh what, what have you seen Zijan? uh so last weekend i finally got a chance to watch it okay yeah given how um, the the very good reviews is gotten i thought yeah why not let's go watch a horror film you mad, you mad man i sacrificed you know it's all this for the podcast colin i appreciate that how was it yeah um it was good. It, uh, um, the the so it for those who don't know and where have you been hiding all this while? It's about in the series. Uh, yeah, it's based on a book by Stephen King. Yes. Um, and it's about uh, this creature in Derry, Maine, who mostly takes the form of Pennywise the clown. Yes. And in this film, is played by Bill Skarsgård, and he terrorizes and kidnaps children in this small town. Is it Bill Skarsgård? There's so many scars, girls. I get confused. I'll take yeah, your, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, <laughs> all a big family anyway. Yeah. Um. So, good things. First of all, it's um the kid actors are really really good. Oh yeah. Uh, excellent. I think like child actors nowadays are superb. I don't know where they get them from, but honestly, they are really good. Like Stranger Things, the kids they are excellent. Yeah. One of the uh, kids in this is from Stranger Things, isn't it? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, they are very very good child actors, and it's insane. How how well they they carry the film. They they're just great. They're just great. I've heard the uh, I've heard good things speaking about the the female lead. I can't remember her name, but she's she's really good. And she looks a lot like a young Amy Adams, apparently. <laughs> she does as well. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, she she is by far the standout of the bunch. Really. Okay. I mean, gone gone are the days of the young Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> <sighs> oh, you had to bring that up. Okay. Yeah, I had to bring that up. <laughs> I mean, bad child actors. Yes. Now this is an excellent bunch, and so the film has some jump scares, as you would expect from a horror film. Yes, 
Um, but it wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. Okay. So when I say that, I meant that I didn't spend half the film covering my eyes. So I guess that counts for something. And for some reason, like Pennywise the Clown, the more you see him on screen, the less and less scary he becomes. But I think partially because like, Unlike most other horror films, like you don't know where it's going to end. Right. I, I know how this story is going to end because he has to follow the book and you know the kids are going to defeat him Yeah. in the end and you know that the kids are going to survive. So that that lessens that, that, that threat hanging over so them. So what you're saying is bring your kids along to see this film. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, don't bring your kids <laughs> along. But it's 15 plus though anyway. The is that 15? So. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, is it uh, 2019 the sequel's coming out? Yes. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. So. Oh wow! Okay. I, I will not be. Uh, I'm not be joining you. <laughs> uh, okay, I've seen a film called um, The Glass Castle, which uh, I've not heard of that. Yeah, I, I fact I think it hasn't come out yet, but uh, it's one of the one of the times where the Times has given me uh, preview tickets. Thank you, mm-hmm. to the Times. Um, so it stars Brie Larson, and it's directed uh, by someone whose name Daniel something. Um, it, I can't remember his name now, but he's the same guy who directed Short Term Twelve, uh, which I think I've talked about before. It was a fantastic film. Brie Larson is incredible in it, um, so I definitely recommend that one. Uh, so I was very excited by this one because of the that combo. Uh, I'll be honest, I was a bit disappointed um, in the end. I think it, it's so it tells the story of this. Uh, well, it's kind of in, in flashbacks, but Brie Larson is this New York gossip columnist um she's dating song played by max greenfield who's schmidt in new girl if people know new girl um and you're kind of seeing her childhood with her her family which so uh, her parents played by woody harrelson and naomi watts and they're kind of um free living they they squat in houses they have to run out or uh, every few every couple of years or something when uh, woody harrelson gets into debt or whatever else so uh they have a very unconventional upbringing reminds yeah. me a bit of captain fantastic which if you saw that one last year yeah woody harrelson i think is fantastic he's kind of playing this kind of a sympathetic character but he sometimes he'll turn on a sixpence and become very angry and, and he got a drinking problem but you can see that he is really trying and obviously so i think really really strong performance from him and again the child actors there's these i think there's two different periods when they're kids so you get two different sets of in fact there's three periods when they're kids so you get two different sets of child actors then you get brie larson and some adults kind of playing 16 year olds which, which works Mm-hmm. Um, but the, kind of all the iterations of Brie Larson's character are very good but Brie Larson just doesn't get much chance to do a lot I think so you see a lot of her kind of flashbacks but I, I felt that because all the all the kind of the bits in the present are fairly brief she doesn't really get to stretch herself until towards the end so um, okay yeah no I, I I say some great performances but the structure didn't really work for me so I was a bit mm-hmm. disappointed about them okay not to look forward to then no, I I couldn't. I'd say definitely, definitely seek out Short Term Twelve, which is um, yeah, based on this kind of kind of uh, not not kind of like a children's home for kind of people who are, have a lot of them have kind of got behavioural issues or whatever else. And Brie Larson is a, a counsellor there. It's an incredible film. Uh, but yeah, you can give this one a miss. So uh, we move on to our main segment today: the top ten movies beginning with the letter C. Hey, okay. I would like to preface this with a lot of things. First. Okay. First of all, I just realized there's so many classical films. Right. Classic films. You know, most that people would think deem are classics that I have not seen. Okay, fine. And they, unfortunately, they begin with the letter C. So I'm going to say this right now. Right. In case you're wondering where is Casablanca on my list. Yes. 
It's not. Okay. <laughs> because I've not seen it. I've not seen Citizen Kane. Right. I've not seen Cool Hand Luke. Okay. Or Cat on a Hot Tin Roof or Chariots of Fire. Yeah, I know these are classics but and I should watch given this is a movie podcast and all that, but I've not seen them, so tough. Okay, good to get that out of the way. <laughs> and, uh, uh, just point out that for a long, long time, I pronounced chariots as carrots for some reason. Carrots of fire. I thought the age was silent. You, I like I like the idea of carrots of fire. This is a kind of a, a vegetable spin-off. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, we have had um, lots and lots and lots of films suggested, so apologies if we, we whip past yours fairly quickly, uh, but we will try and talk about as many as we can. Yes. Um, I think... We've had thirty-six different films suggested um, on top wow. of the uh, on top of the ones that Zizi and I are going to do. Um, I'm going to so we we promised you a top ten, and I don't know if this is going to work, but we're going to try and endeavour to give you a top ten mathematically worked out with points and everything. <laughs> yes, because we are actuaries and all that. We're actuaries, so we like math. So what we've done, obviously, our opinions are much much more important than yours, the listeners. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, We've got a top 10 each. We've given points 10 to 1 for that top 10. Anyone else who suggests a film gets one point per suggestion. I'll add them up at the end, and we'll see what happens. Um, the, good news um, is, the good news is, CJ, other people have seen Casablanca, so that's good. Yes, I know. But you need 10 of them to beat my number one, right? Well, that's exactly right. So it's a, it's a, it's a horribly weighted system. It's kind of... <laughs> it's, like, it's worse than Strictly Come Dancing. It's it's very much weighted towards us. Ah, uh, that is good there because my number one is... Uh, yeah, it's great. Okay. Uh, should we start off... Uh, should we go through our, our 10... Like, if we alternate um, and then I can rattle through the rest yes. when we're done. Uh, kick us off, CJ. Kick us off. So, yeah, it was hard to um, rate my... 6 to 10, I think. I mean, they're mostly interchangeable and some of them just fell in because I thought, you know, there were worse films than that. <laughs> that Brilliant. Okay. But my number 10 is Captain Phillips. Captain Phillips. Let me... I've got a spreadsheet on the go and yep. I've given Captain Phillips one point. So it stars Tom Hanks uh, as the eponymous. Is that the word? Eponymous? Uh, eponymous. Eponymous, yeah, eponymous <laughs> Captain Phillips, uh, who's which is actually based on a true story, apparently. It is, yeah, 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 where he fought off Somalian pirates when they hijack his ship. Mm. Yeah, um, it's not Tom Hanks' uh, best performance, I don't think so, but it's solid, solid, uh, showing from him. Yeah, I think I'd agree. I, the last maybe fifteen minutes or so is absolutely uh incredible, um, performance where he's finally breaks down. Um, but up until, up until that point yeah solid but not kind of award worth necessarily uh, and also a good performance by the Somalian pirate I think who was nominated yeah, for Best Supporting Actor it was um, Barkhad Abdi I think his name is yeah first first film he's ever starred in yeah he yeah. was a taxi driver before that a limo driver before that okay. it's insane wow which goes to shows that we can go places as well Colin we can much like a, a, a driver can um that's a little go places joke for you there. Um, I got that, Collie. You don't have to explain it. Well, it's just you weren't laughing a lot. I, I, I don't. You know, sometimes I don't laugh because it's not funny, not because <laughs> I don't get it. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, no, I thought it was really good, really good ratcheting up of the tension um, as well for that one. Uh, my my tenth spot uh, is the first film we ever reviewed on this podcast, Sejan. It's a uh, Captain America: Civil War. Uh, if you want to hear our views on it, we've given you a. An hour and 20 minutes of it. Um, <laughs> a lot of commentary on it. Uh, I must admit, I, I've seen this one maybe three times, maybe four. Um, 
I kind of like it a little less each time. It's, it's weird. Um, I think the, Why? the airport scene is absolutely fantastic. Yes, I love that bit. But uh, And I think Robert Downey Jr. puts in a fantastic performance as well. He's possibly as best as Iron Man, maybe uh, next to Iron Man 3. But the there's not a lot of kind of... Coming off the back of Avengers, like that. Avengers, I, I love that film. The dialogue is brilliant. Uh, the character is brilliant. And, and this one, I think there's no kind of... Well, there's not really many memorable lines. The dialogue's not brilliant. The plot's a bit convoluted. Um, so I think for what it did, kind of bring all those characters together and the action scenes are, are great. But I really missed Joss Whedon in that, I think, which is why it didn't come any higher than 10, but still a good, good fun film. Cool. Um, I don't have that on my list, actually. But okay. anyway... Yeah. Um, number nine for me yes. is a film I know you love. Oh, yeah. It's cr- Crazy Stupid Love. Crazy Stupid Love gets two points. Yep. Starring uh, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. Yeah. And Steve Carell. Yes. And Julianne Moore. Uh, and Julianne Moore. Among many... Uh, is a, And Kevin Bacon, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So strong performances from a strong cast, really. Um, and I didn't see the twist in the end, so that, that was a good one for me yeah. as well. And it's... Yeah, it's... it's just a, a great I w- would you call it a rom-com I don't think it's called I, I, a rom-com yeah I, I, I think I would yeah well, I've probably said this before on the podcast but yeah I love this film and in fact it came in at um, number 5 on my list so I got 6 points from me but uh, I thought the twist was going to be that uh, Emma Stone was, was character was Julianne Moore's character in a different time timeline oh yeah I you told me that was, yeah but obviously it wasn't uh, coming at number 9 for me is Creed I don't know if you've seen that one. Um, oh, I have seen Creed, yeah. Yeah, so it's a, it's a spin-off from the Rocky franchise. Um, uh, Apollo Creed's son, played by Michael B. Jordan, uh, Sly Stallone plays Rocky in it. I think, I think I've probably talked about it before, but I think it's just a really brilliant way of continuing the Rocky series, which had got very, very cheesy um, by the end. Honestly, well, Rocky Balboa was good. But they kind of continued it, took it seriously. Great character performances. Tessa Thompson uh, was really good in it. She's going to be in the new... Thor film as well, so uh, that bodes oh. well for that one. But yeah, just a great continuation. I'm looking forward to Creed 2, and it kind of very true to the original Rocky films as well, rather than kind of casting them aside. So there you go. Yeah, I did like Creed a lot. It's, the only thing is that I've not seen any of the original Rocky films, uh, so I yeah. don't really have anything much to um, compare it with, really. Fair enough. Yeah, that's going to so, detract a little bit. Um, exactly. Yeah. So number eight for me. Yes. And this won't be the first anyway. It's uh, an animated film. Yes. <laughs> and it's Cinderella. Cinderella. The, the uh, are we talking the the original animated Cinderella as opposed yeah, to the, the uh, original the original Disney yeah. animated Cinderella? So a lot of people claim like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is the first full length Disney film. Oh yes. Um, but and Cinderella came straight after. But for me, it seems that uh, Cinderella started this whole Disney uh, animation. A controversial viewpoint that's contradicted by the thing you just said, but ex- I'm. I'm sh- um, explain why, why, why? No, yeah. no. So basically, I know a lot of people claim that Snow White and Sand Dwarfs, um, yeah, started it all basically. But for me, I think Cinderella was the better film. Uh, okay, right, right, yeah, right. put it that way. Yeah, um, the 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 drawings were better. I I think the animators learned a lot from the Snow White and the Sand Dwarfs. Um, the the songs were better and catchier, and um, I have that to thank Cinderella to thank for all the Disney films I've seen in the future. Ah, so. this this sparked off the. Uh... The, the the love of Disney, great yep. great songs. Certainly, I'm not I'm too much. I'm not sure I've seen Cinderella uh, all the way through. But you know the story, though. I know the story, and in fact, I did see the uh, the live action version, which I thought was pretty good. So, uh, and Cinderella is the, definitely a better looking princess than Snow White. Well, there you go. It's all about looks, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> fine, there you go. Um, coming in at eight for me is the film called Chronicle. 
Um, which Chronicles or Riddick? No, <laughs> just Chronicle. Um, <laughs> which is by Josh Trank, whose career has gone down a little bit downhill a bit since since Fen Fostic. Yes, but it's a really imaginative film. I, I recommend this um, to people who like superhero films, but also people who who don't, because uh, basically it's kind of saying, well, what would happen if if kids really did get superpowers? And I know that's been done before, but it's it's kind of the, the most um, realistic, I think, or the, the most uh, interesting of that kind of film. Um, stars Dane DeHaan. It's also got Michael B. Jordan uh, in it, albeit not in a massive role. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't want to spoil anything that happens, but um, it really kind of develops and it takes things up a notch, but kind of in a very, in a way that makes sense. And it plays on quite a few superhero tropes. If you do know your comics and whatever else, I think you'll enjoy it even more. But even if you don't, I think, um, yeah, it's a good character piece. Uh, it's all, is it all? It was mostly found footage. Maybe not all, but there's a lot of found footage in it. Um, which I haven't seen a found footage film for a while now. Actually. Yeah, it's gone out of fashion now, I think. And that's probably not a bad thing. Cause it got, yeah, I agree. It got a bit dull. And some of it is... Kind of, oh, I just want to film all my conversations for for a school project or something. So it stretches credulity sometimes. But um, uh, <laughs> since since when do we have to film stuff for our school projects? Sure, uh, but it's yeah. Uh, if you can suspend disbelief a little bit, I think uh, really worth watching. So that gets three points from me in, in at eight. Seven for me. Yes, uh, it's probably uh, a film that you like as well. It's uh, Collateral. Ah, oh, brilliant film. Yeah, Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx, was it? That's it. Yeah, and it stars Tom Cruise as a hitman. It does. Which is quite different from all of Tom Cruise's mostly hero archetypes that he usually plays. And he's brilliant in it. I mean, he had... He's just really good. <laughs> yeah, this, I think this is... I've said this before, but I think it's Tom Cruise's best performance. Um, really. Yeah, you say he usually plays the good guy, and I think he does it mm. brilliantly in, in films like Jeremy Maguire or whatever else, but this is just a... Next level, he kind of this cold-hearted hitman. He's he's very menacing. He has this very menacing presence this whole time. You feel yeah. you feel worried for Jamie Foxx's character. And Jamie Foxx is great in it as well. As he's kind of not he's not a coward by any means, but he's kind of a taxi driver. He's got yeah. you're stuck there. I mean, yeah. like if you're a taxi driver driving a hitman around. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. I mean, it's, realistic is probably the wrong word because it's, it's a hitman and whatever else. But you kind of think, well, what, what would I do in his position? And that tends to be what happens. You're not sitting there thinking, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? You kind of it plays out uh, in a way that that isn't crazy. Um, I think Mark Ruffalo has a has a role in it, albeit not a massive one. But is he a policeman? Yeah, or detective or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think it's, it's Michael Mann, isn't it, the director? But it's um, beautifully shot as well. Kind of a really. It is. It is. Uh, really great work. Yeah, that actually was my um, my fourth favourite. You're stealing all my, my top five here. <laughs> well, uh, so we've got seven points from me. Um, yeah. Um, in at number seven for me is, is another Tom Hanks film, is Cast Away. Mm, I've not seen that film. Oh, I've seen should. bits of it. I know there's a FedEx and a volleyball. There is a FedEx and indeed a volleyball uh, called Wilson. So it's it's Tom Hanks as a uh, yeah, FedEx guy. He gets He's in a plane crash. He ends up on an island. And basically the re- most of the film is him by himself on an island. Uh, and he is inc- he, incredible. Um, does he spend half the film on the island, or is it mostly him coming back? Or the, I'd say probably, I'd probably to... say maybe eighty percent on the island. Um, okay. Yeah. So you kind of see him trying to cope and going a little bit crazy, and then managing to. So quite early on, he's trying to make fire, and you see him go through that and stuff. And it, it's it's kind of in two slots where you, you kind of see the first I don't know how long, but kind of the first bit after he's landed and him trying to cope, and then it cuts forward. I, uh, I don't know how long maybe a year or two but um and you see 
kind of him really having adapted and uh they, they took a long break in filming so that he could grow a beard uh but uh it's it's an phenomenal performance i think there's not many actors that you would want to watch by themselves for however long tom hanks is one of the few i think you can pull it off so yeah mm. recommend that one obviously yeah. i mean i recommend all these it's my tough turn <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly number six for me yes it's a foreign film uh, okay classy yep. Classy, I know, and it's Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon by oh, yeah. Ang Lee. Okay. So, yeah, it's a great cast of Asian actors, but mostly not known by the West. So there's Chow Yun Fat, who who became uh, known for that film and starred in a few American films after that. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's Michelle Yeoh, but she was doing Tomorrow Never Dies before that anyway. Okay. So that's mm-hmm. not too bad. And there's Zhang Ji, who was a breakout star of uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. She went on to star in Memoirs of a Geisha with Michelle Yeoh as well. Um, so it's Ang Lee is his, one of his best, really. Um, Ang, Ang Lee is a great, great director. He, I mean, the, even though the the scenes can be outlandish at times, I mean, they're fighting right. on okay. bamboo, etc. and going through a forest. But I mean, the camera work is just outstanding. Choreography is brilliant. And it's Honestly, just I've a not, very, I've very beautiful it. film. Uh, but it, it was very kind of inspirational. Wasn't it? A lot of films kind of did similar things. Yeah. Did it predate The Matrix? Yes, from that. Was it? Matrix was about 99, I think. But, uh, uh, it came slightly after that, but I'm not too sure. It, from, from the clips I've seen, there's kind of a shared uh, action scenes kind of with your bullet time, or else I'm sure it's not called bullet time in Crouching Tiger. Okay, yeah, I, I, we did a quiz on a quiz on Ang Lee a while ago, didn't we? Um, but uh, he's, he's done an exciting, eclectic range of films. Um, he does, and I always like his films anyway. So I don't think I've seen anything that of his that I didn't like. Fair enough. Even the Hulk. Even the Hulk, I actually quite like Ang Lee's okay. Hulk. I don't know why people yeah. diss it so much. Yeah. Um, in its number six for me is Casino Royale, um, the first Daniel Craig Bond film. I think everyone listening to this will know. Um, I thought it was great the way they kind of brought a much a, a very different type of bond. I, think, I know grittier is, is a word that's overused, but uh, suddenly coming off the back of Die Another Day, which had gone to crazy CGI excesses, um, it was good to have it brought back to a more realistic um, portrayal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'd say it's probably the best Bond film in my view. Maybe oh, maybe wow. maybe below Goldfinger, but um, that's high praise. Yeah, no, I. It's the only. It's one of the few Bond films that kind of stands alone as a film, as opposed to a Bond film. Like when you see a, a, a new James Bond, you think, "Well, it was it was good for for a Bond film because it did everything that you take." Whereas Casino Royale is just good. Um, just, mm. I think to be honest, I'm a bit tired of Daniel Craig now. I think he's. I think <laughs> he should just go. <laughs> I think I think he should have gone. I think they should have got someone else because it's Quantum of Solace was was poor. Um, Skyfall and Spectre, I think, are fine, okay. but. Um, I don't know why people like Skyfall quite as much as they do, but I think they haven't got near the heights of Casino Royale. Just a beautifully formed uh, film, and you really get to see the character. Like you get what? As, I mean, maybe that's people argue that's not what James Bond is about, but it's, it's one of the few times I've cared about the character of James Bond in those films. Um, so yeah, five points from me. Well done. I think that's a good choice. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. So we're going entering the top five. Top five. Now. And these are I've. Actually, properly ranked them. <laughs> Good effort. As listeners may not know, Zijan did the rest of the ranking about five minutes before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> but these are properly ranked. And number five, drum roll. It's another Tom Hanks film. Oh, yes. 
but none that we mentioned before. And it's Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure one of your f- uh, friends mentioned that as well. Uh, yes, it has come up um, six points from you, but it's, it's going to... I won't spoil the surprise, but it's got some points from other people as well. Yeah, so Cloud Atlas um, is a film directed by the Wachowski siblings. Yes. Um, and it stars a uh, oh, uh, huge cast. There's a huge cast. So there's Tom Hanks, there's Halle Berry... Um, Hugo Weaving, Hugh Grant, Hugo Weaving, Ben yeah. Whishaw. Oh yes, yeah. Um, yeah, Jim Broadbent, I think as well. And much, much more. Yeah. Much, <laughs> definitely much, much more. And so, to to give a, an overview, first of all, it's just that I've read the book before. Okay. Uh, by David Mitchell, and it's one of my favorite books of all time. So I did go in with a very a slightly biased view. Right. Uh, but it's a difficult book to adapt to film because it transcends six different types of stories in six different types of um, motifs and themes. Yeah. You know, one story is a comedy and one story is a post-apocalyptic thriller. One is uh, just a straight-out drama. And to try to condense all of it into a book is difficult enough. Imagine doing that in two and a half hours or I don't know how long that was or three hours. That's almost impossible. And I think they did pull it off. I mean... uh, well, I, I saw the film with my, my, my brother and he was the one who introduced me to the book as well. Okay. And we both loved it. I mean, it captured what we thought, you know, was the the, the primary essence of the book. I mean, and it's it's just great. Like, to, to be able to do that, you know, from this epic book, it's, yeah. it's difficult enough as it is. And it, it, they did a, re- a wonderful job of it. Yes, I said so. I, thought, I, I will spoil slightly. My, my, my friend Ben uh, is, I think, probably his favourite film, certainly one of his favourite films. Um, he, he's very uh, eager to get people to watch it, and he got me to watch it. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I, I've not read the book, so maybe, mm. maybe I'll get it more if I did. I think it's, it's so difficult to, to move between all those scenarios was yeah. both making sense and making you care about the characters. Um, yes, it could be because, yeah, I've seen... Um, yeah, I read the book before, so I knew how things are going to interact yeah. and interlock with each other. It may not, you know, be the same for someone who's not read it before, but... Because um, I'm, I'm generally kind of wanting to find... To, I want everything to mean something, to have a point. Ah, <laughs> uh, fair and, enough. As, and this wasn't as ambiguous as, as it could have been, but you, you kind of wasn't... You didn't feel there was something tying it all together, really. Uh, necessarily. Fair enough. Yeah, no, that's I, my I number five. It. Would, it's not doesn't doesn't make my top ten. Um, my number five we've already talked about is Crazy Stupid Love. Uh, Still a good film, though. Yeah, it's, it's as good as it was when we talked about it uh, ten minutes ago. Five minutes ago, uh, <laughs> or five minutes ago. So six points from me. Um, over to you for your number four. My number four is a Captain America film, but not the one that you mentioned. Uh, okay. And it's the second Captain America film, The Winter Soldier. Soldier. So I think uh, back then, Marvel had a problem with the second in their trilogy films. Okay. I mean, Iron Man 2 wasn't great. Yes, they had true. a very awful villain in Iron Man 2. Uh, Thor 2, The Dark World. It was, uh, I mean, do you remember the villain's name in Thor 2, The Dark World? Oh, Keith. <laughs> oh, wow, well done. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I take your point. I actually, I actually thought that was pretty decent, but I, I was in a minority. Uh, yeah. And then... So we didn't have high hopes for Captain America 2 and when it came out it was incredible. I mean it was very different from your standard I think superhero film. I mean you you still have Captain America with his shield and a guy yeah. flying around but it felt more like a spy thriller film. Yeah it did didn't it? Rather than like a standard superhero film. Political thriller almost with uh, uh, Robert Redford as the kind of corrupt politician yes. type character. 
Yeah, and it was a breath of fresh air, really. I think Marvel needed it. Yeah, so people love this film, and it quite often gets ranked as the best Marvel film by people. Um, this, I guess this plays into what I said before about the Russo brothers, who did who did Civil War and did this one. I think they're great at the action. Um, I just think, that in terms of dialogue and even building character, I I prefer what Joss Whedon was doing. So I, I enjoyed this one, but I didn't have the same level of enjoyment that some people did, I think. Um, mm, fair enough. Uh, well, yes, there you go. Um, uh, number four for me, giving seven points, is uh, Collateral, which we've already talked about. <laughs> so uh, so <laughs> It's okay, we have the top three. So over to you, top three. In third place, Bronze Medal from you gets... Bronze Medal is a film by our favorite director, Joss Whedon. Oh, yes. It's Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods, okay. Yeah. I think... The reason why I like Cabin in the Woods so much is because um, it completely changed my mind of what you know a horror film would be like and could be like. Okay. I mean, it blew the horror trope completely out of the water. You saw it with me, didn't you? Colin? I have not seen it. Oh, have you not seen it? Nope. Oh, okay. Um, so Although I, I know the I know the concept, but uh, yeah. uh, you know the concept. So, uh, Chris Hemsworth is in it, and a few Joss Whedon regulars like Amy Acker back in his um, Angel days and. Um, I don't know what's the name of the guy who starred in Dollhouse, I think. He uses a few actors um, recurringly. Um, okay. The thing is, it just changes, it messes with um, the audience's idea of what a horror film is. And I think it's good so because of that. F- from what I know about it, you probably don't want to tell people much more than that because no. if you spoil the... In fact, the, the trailer spoils more than it should, I think. Um, for, yes. No, no idea, the, so... Uh, the trailer probably spoil more than it should. I think people should just go in there, um, not expecting much, and just enjoy the film for what it is. It's a great film. All you need it's, to know is it's Sijan's third favorite film, beginning with the letter C. Exactly, and it's just Whedon directing it. You yes, have, yeah. You'll have great quips, and you can expect good stuff from him. Uh, okay, third place for me, bronze medal goes to uh, the film that you've not seen, Casablanca, um, mm. which is a a truly wonderful film. Um, so I've said before. I feel that there's not great dialogue in the Russo Brothers films. Casablanca has about half of all well-known film lines um, in it. <laughs> Even I know them. We'll always have Paris, for example. Here's looking at you, kid. Uh, round up the usual suspects. The, the, the AFI did the kind of 100 years, 100 movie quotes. And I think there's maybe five from Casablanca in it. It's, um, yeah, Humphrey Bogart uh, and Ingrid Bergman are both phenomenal performances I, I think I said before there's a, a lot of kind of older films feel slower now when you watch them so if you go back and say kind of something like um, well I'm not going to give examples but if you go back and watch a film that was huge in the 40s or something you think well why was this so popular Casablanca is absolutely not one of those it's timeless I would say um, mm. some of our our audience people I know uh, agree with us or agree with me you've not seen it um, indeed three of them I'll come on the greats so there you go. Eight points from me, three points from Joe Public. I really should watch it. You should watch it. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> uh, so, Silver Medalist. Yes. Number two. Uh, it's a film by Rob Marshall. Okay. And it's Chicago. Is that Rob Marshall? I didn't know that. Yeah. So, uh, it stars Catherine Zeta-Jones, Renee Zellweger, and Richard Gere. It does. And it's uh, based on the musical of the same name. Uh, it stars, uh, so the two main actresses uh, play Velma Kelly and Roxy Hart, who are two murderesses yes. in Chicago. And Richard Gere plays their lawyer, Billy Flynn, who is trying to get them out of jail. So I've not seen the musical before um, I saw the film. Okay. And I was very surprised with how 
well made the film was. <laughs> it was really good. It's 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 always difficult to um incorporate a musical which was on stage into film already to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Um because, you know, the theater has different things to play with as couple as compared to a film. But the film does it well by making all the musical tracks as um stage acts. Right. Like when they did the song uh something about we both reach for the gun, it was a ventriloquist act. Okay. Yeah, and they did such uh they did it in the musical as well, the original stage show. But um and I like that they replicate that in the the film. And uh, it, was, did it is it won an Oscar for Catherine Zeta Jones, didn't it? Oh. It won Best Film. And and didn't yeah. it got Best Supporting Actress, I think? And, uh Catherine Zeta Jones won Best Supporting Actress. Uh, it was it was the first musical to win Best Picture since Oliver in nineteen sixty eight. There you go, good knowledge. Um, is, uh, have you not seen it? Have you seen it? I have seen it. a uh, long time well, I said a long time ago. Um yeah. long enough that I don't remember that much of it other than uh, Queen Latifah's in it. Did you can't remember her. Queen Latifah's is it. Yeah. The music is really, really good, and honestly, choreography, anything is brilliant. Especially the, like the scene cell block tango. It's much, much better than the stage version. Okay. I, I saw the stage version after that, and it just doesn't compare. Fair enough. Um, silver medal for me goes to Catch Me If You Can, um, Spielberg film starring well starring Leonardo DiCaprio um, with, Tom, with Hanks. Tom Hanks again. He's uh, popular in this list. Um, so uh, Leonardo DiCaprio plays uh, Frank William Abignale or Abignale. Uh, Abignale is, I think, what one of the characters calls him. He's um, basically this kid who, who pretends to be an airline pilot and gets away with it and then starts calling people over and over and over so but um he's i think he's portrayed as kind of having a good heart and he's, he's not trying to he's not doing it to kind of win lots of money but he's just trying to get away with doing these things and um it's it's i say really stylish really zippy i think it's the, the lightest spielberg film i've seen um so sometimes he does things with big heavy things like your Schindler's lists or your munich or whatever else or even um lincoln or something like that where it's hmm. quite ponderous um <laughs> Catch Me If You Can is very light-hearted and just great fun. Quite, I think quite young Leo. He wasn't hadn't done that much. Obviously done Titanic, my view, but he still. Um, well, he's always looked quite young, so he could play, get away with playing a sixteen-year-old or have it all as old as at the beginning. Um, supporting role from Tom Hanks, also uh, a young Amy Adams and Elizabeth Banks. In fact, is in it uh, very briefly. So, uh, so lots of people we've mentioned today. But, uh, <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, and. There was a musical based on the film as well, I think. Oh, was there? Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. So, but it's it's based on a true true story. I've, I've read, uh, I've read the book, uh, which is good fun. Um, Tim Curry, to mention someone else that we talked about, I saw an interview with him once where he he claimed that uh, the book was all made up. <laughs> don't, know, don't, don't know why on earth he had anything to do with that. But there you go. He gets nine nine points from me, um, and indeed it's got three points. It got raised by three people uh, as well. So it's. Um, Three of our listeners enjoyed that one. Over to you, Zijan, for the gold medal place. For the gold medal place, I'm pretty sure um, I don't think none of the listeners will have this top of the list because first and foremost, it's uh, another animated film. Okay. But it's a stop-motion animated film. By so it's not Cars. Ly- yeah, it's not Cars. It's by Leica Productions, which Leica Studios, which we did um, oh, yes. a quiz on before, and it's Coraline. Ah, I didn't see that yeah. coming, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, I know it's... Well, when I was trying to rank this uh, properly. I was I was just saying which film I enjoyed the most, and this by far is is just a great film. Uh, I didn't go in with uh, watching this film with high expectations because I, I 
didn't know what the story was about. It's based on a Neil Gaiman book. Yes. Which should be a good thing, really, because I love Neil Gaiman books to begin with. He's done some good stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's voice acted by Dakota Fanning, Terry Hatcher, Jennifer Saunders, and Don French, among many people. And it tells the story of a little girl who moved into a, a new house and uh, discovers this other world uh, with an other mother who is basically like her current mother but with buttons in her eyes. Right. Yeah. So it's very so stop motion films are very difficult to do and you don't see them nowadays because it takes a lot a lot of work to create them yes much more than normal animated films because you need to create the models and start moving them one frame at a time it's ridiculously a lot of work to do and that film is so so beautiful um i mean every little detail they've put into it is just stunning and not only that, the story is great. I mean, I like Neil Gamer in general. So it's this dark, gothic kind of story. You can imagine what's going to happen because um, the other mother traps her in the other world and wants to keep her as her daughter by replacing her eyes with buttons. It's, uh, That's, it's, it could happen to anyone. <laughs> yeah, it sounds, very, it sounds disturbing in its own right. But it's just voice acted really well and it's just beautifully, beautifully made. It's... I, I, I love this film a lot and I would hence, like to watch it I can watch this anytime hence number one yeah okay uh, and the number one for me when uh, when my brother heard we were doing this he said I think I know what your number one will be and he is absolutely right um, it is Crazy Beautiful I've talked about it before mm. uh, it stars Kirsten Dunst and Jay Hernandez uh, it's a Disney film but it's, it's, a, kind of, it's a romantic film She's, they're both teenagers he's kind of a, a hard working uh, poor background where he's kind of taking, a, taking two buses to get to school and he's really pushing himself she's uh, comes from a really rich family but she's just you know, goofing off as the Americans say she doesn't doesn't care too much they strike up a, an unusual or unlikely romance um, but it's, it's a very moving film I think Kirsten Dunst has never been better um, plays it wonderfully as Nicole uh, Jake Hernandez hasn't gone on to the, the run of hits that people thought he might, although he was in yeah. Suicide Squad. Um, he was, briefly. Yeah, yes. Yeah, great soundtrack as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I've i met a few people who, who like this, or who've heard of this film, John, but there's been a few. I think if, of the people I know who've seen it, they all enjoy it. I think that's fair. Well, Simon might tell me he doesn't, but uh, I'm sure he does, really. But yeah, just wonderful performances, wonderful direction. Um, I Again, uh, of the films that I have watched the most, this is, this is right up there. I would sometimes just... <laughs> I, think, well, I, want, I want to watch something I know. I'm going to watch Crazy Beautiful again. Fair enough. So that good. Sounds good. Okay. Um, as, as promised, I'm going to rattle through uh, quite a lot of the films we've had suggested. Thank you yep. so much for your sessions. And they have indeed heavily influenced the top 10, which I'll come on to at the end. But my, while, CJ, while you were talking about Coraline, I was sorting my spreadsheet. So, uh, okay. okay. Um, so suggestions. Uh, Cat in the Hat, says Kevin. Not sure whether he's joking. Uh, that's the Jim Carrey one, right? Uh, I thought it was Mike Myers. But it, oh, it Mike came... Myers. Yeah, that's Mike Myers. Yeah. Jim Carrey's the Grinch. Yeah. I think everyone hated that one, so I don't know whether he's joking. Um, yeah, I thought so too. Uh, my friend Pete um, has suggested well, Casablanca. He was one of the people who suggested that one. A film called Celeste and Jesse Forever, which when he said it, it reminded, I reminded that I had heard of it. I've not seen it. Uh, it stars um, Rashida Jones and Andy Samberg. Um, okay. I think it's kind of an offbeat romantic comedy uh, and I think of the entire list of suggestions we've had here that I've not seen and this is the one I really do want to see so it's gone on my it's gone on my wish list 
but I haven't seen it, so I can't say much more. But it, uh, <laughs> uh, but Pete likes it, and he also recommended uh, City of God, which is um, which actually a few people recommended. I've not seen that one either. Have you seen that one? Nope. No, Brazilian Brazilian it. film, but uh, it's come up I think three times, uh, or maybe just twice. He also said not Catwoman. So th- there you go. You can... <laughs> That's fair enough. Really I mean. good taste. Uh, yeah. My friend Sophie suggested a film called Calvary. Um, which I have seen. It's Brendan Gleeson. He plays a, an Irish priest. And uh, mm-hmm. basically someone at the start of the film says they're going to kill him. And he knows who it is, but we, the viewer, don't. And then you kind of see him interacting with all the people. And it's just kind of this small Irish village. Um, it's weird. It, it kind of... It is a black comedy, I think. But it's okay. one of those black comedies that is very, very black and not very comedy. So, um, <laughs> uh, so I, I didn't find it funny in the slightest. But I, I still thought really well acted, well made. But um, it's it's one of the things that sometimes people say, "Oh, it's hilarious," and I was like, "It's it's a comedy." <laughs> <laughs> James gave us the only recommendation for Citizen Kane. I thought we might get more of that. Um, really, just one, just the one. Oh wow! So there you go. I've seen Citizen Kane because I'm a real podcaster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Please. Uh, yeah, you don't need to tell us any more about Citizen Kane other than the fact that um, Orson Welles was 28 when he made it, which is incredibly depressing. Uh, we had quite a few suggestions from Darren, um, including um, City of God again, uh, Catch Me If You Can. He also recommended A Clockwork Orange. Uh, I think we said last time that anything beginning with A or V is still fair game, although yep. we didn't have any, did we? But anyway... I think you all know about Clockwork Orange. Uh, I'm not going to be watching that, but fair enough. Uh, Cocoon, he recommended, which I have seen and I don't like. Um, Isn't it a horror film? No, it's about a bunch of old people who get abducted, basically, but in a good way. Uh, okay. Uh, it's got uh, Steve Guttenberg in it. Cabin Fever, which is a horror film, I think. Yep, um, that is. Uh, the Carry On film series. You seen any of those? No, it's very British. It is very British. I don't think anyone outside of Britain has ever seen them. My friend Ben has said Cloud Atlas, as I mentioned. Uh, Froudy, it's a good film. Uh, your friend, my friend Dave Park Froud, has recommended quite a few films. Um, so, uh, Captain Phillips and Casino Royale, which we've got on our lists. Yep. Um, Chinatown. Chinatown. Which uh, I refuse to watch because I don't watch Roman Polanski films um, <laughs> because he's a rapist. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> Colin. That's. We don't judge. <laughs> well, I do. Uh, Changeling, have you seen that one? Oh, that's the Angelina Jolie yeah. one where the, the, the son got kidnapped and returned. Yeah. But it wasn't her son. That's the one. I'd say that is the, the saddest film I've ever seen. It's very, very good, but just non-stop brutal everything like because she gets locked away in a in a, a mental asylum and this oh, that's awful and then you find out that a whole bunch of kids have been killed it's basically just keeps punching in the gut yeah um, i'm glad about seeing it yeah, yeah it's, it's good but um yeah uh children of men which i've talked about before which is um which is very very good as well alfonso curon uh it's about in fact it came, it came close to my top 10 um it's in a world where no one can be pregnant or no one can give birth anymore but yeah, beautifully shot, lovely film. Um, you mentioned two that I've never heard of, but I've done the research. Uh, one called The Castle, um, uh-huh. which is, I believe, there's a few films called The Castle, but I think the one you must be talking about is um, it's an Australian cult comedy. It was the first film Eric Banner ever made. It was filmed in 11 days. I've re- oh, wow. Basically, I've been reading the first first Wikipedia paragraph of these things. Yeah, um, I, I can understand. Um, one called The Conversation, which was Francis Ford Coppola. Actually, this is the other one that I think I would like to have a look at as well. Um, so I've not seen it. It stars Gene Hackman. It's a 1974 mystery thriller. 
Sounds good. Froudy knows his films, so um, one, of those, one of these days Froudy will uh, will get him on the podcast. We should actually. Yeah, uh, he can show us up with his uh, his in depth film knowledge. More than us. Uh, Emma has gone for Catch Me If You Can. Thank you, Emma. Mm. Uh, Nick has gone for The Case of the Mucinese Battlehorn. I've not heard of it. No, I hadn't. It's a 30-minute f- comedy uh, starring Peter Sellis, Spike Milligan and Dick Emery. I think, if anything, even more British than... Uh, uh, <laughs> the Carry On Carry series. On series. Um, but they, they, yeah, those are three very classic British uh, comedians. A film I thought might be on your list was suggested by Dave Robinson, which is Cool Runnings. Yeah, I've not seen it. You've not seen Cool... You would love Cool Runnings. Why? It's wonderful. But I think it'd be right up your street. Make, why, why is it up right up my street? Well, it's me. it's Disney. It's very lighthearted. It's a, it's a lovely story of the Jamaican bobsled team. Um, <laughs> I just, just Knowing you as I do, ZJ, and I think you'd enjoy Cool Runnings. Okay. You might not enjoy the fact that Dave put a, an apostrophe in it that he shouldn't have, but that's we, we can forgive him that. Um, <laughs> my mother has been in touch um, to recommend Carousel, um, which I, oh the musical which is musical indeed yeah uh, you'll never walk alone yes and uh, and carrots of fire um, as as you call oh. it uh, my friend Ellie has recommended Cloud Atlas um, she was the other one and uh, and Clueless which we've talked about before but I don't think you've seen have you no no it's uh, Alicia Silverstone it's a retelling of Emma in high school and it's, it's a classic uh, yep. my cousin Bethany has gone for Captain America at the Winter Soldier as well. Yep. And uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. <laughs> Heavy on, yeah, one of my Adelis. Yeah, it's, 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 it's okay. I enjoyed it. It's good fun. It's got some... It's not Coraline. It's no. I, my friend Pete actually lent it to me. Um, yeah, no, I... I uh, in fact, your friend as well. Um, I I thought it was... Had some good subtle jokes in it sometimes. Uh, Simon... Food pants, right? Yeah, some of them less subtle. <laughs> my brother Simon has gone for Clueless as well. Or at least, he, or at least I'm saying he has because when Ellie suggested it, Simon said, "Great shout for Clueless." So I'm counting that as a vote. Yeah, uh, Crazy Stupid Love he went for as well, and a film called Cemetery Junction, which he's a big fan of. Um, don't you've seen that one? No. Uh, it's it's Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant, I think. But it's star uh, I can't remember who it stars. There's, um, there's about people in Reading who are trying to get out of Reading, basically, but uh, supporting performance from uh, a young Felicity Jones. Um, I think she's the best bit of it. Uh, there's a good karaoke bit with this thing come on fill the noise but it's it's a lot better than you would expect from Ricky Gervais because <laughs> um, most of the films he's written are pretty bad um, but it's yeah that's no, good one uh, Joshua has recommended uh, Conan the Barbarian uh, which with Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah uh, okay moving on Joey, Judy uh, is another Casablanca fan uh, my friend Sammy is a collateral fan mm. my friend Joe has gone for Coyote Ugly um, which I really got to Watch it. I think it got panned at the time, but I've seen it a couple of times um, many years ago. I enjoyed it. I know it. the song. Right. Can't stop. Can't fight the moonlight. Yeah, comes from yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think it's very. It must be nineties. Maybe maybe early noughties, but it feels very much of its time. But uh, there you go. Uh, Karen voted for Chicago as well. Actually, my friend Kate has gone for Confessions of a Shopaholic and then said, "Good luck." <laughs> uh, okay. Thank you. Um, I don't think I've watched Isla Fisher. I believe. Um, I believe she shops. Um, my my good friend Anthony's parents-in-law, who share a Facebook account, so I don't know which one of them has voted for this. It's either Ron or Audrey. Uh, recommend Charlie Brown Christmas. You have them on Facebook, friends. I do have them on Facebook, friends. I'm a friendly bloke. Um, mm. You should add my parents as well, Colin. I will add your parents. Do they not recommend any films? Well, you haven't. They're not your friends, right? That's true. You could have asked them. I could, but... But no. 
Phantom, I've not seen that one. I think we all, we all know the, the Peanuts characters. They're good fun. Uh, friend Sam has gone for Con Air, which I've not seen, actually. Who's in Con Air? Uh, Nicholas Cage. Indeed. It's a good film. I enjoyed it. It's fun. There you go. Uh, Paul has gone for Clouds of Silmaria, which I've never heard of, uh, but apparently is... <laughs> Juliet Binoche. Google, Google. Juliet Binoche, Kristen Stewart, and Chloe Grace Moretz. That's as far as I got with that one. Um, Fair enough. I think, uh, it's, I think it's quite an indie film from what I remember. City Slickers, John suggests which I have seen a couple of times. Billy Crystal, that bloke who's always in Billy Crystal films and someone else. <laughs> they decide to go down to a dude ranch, so they're city folk who want to learn how to become cowboys. It's good fun. It's, I, I always feel yeah. Billy Crystal's film, well, Billy, other than when Harry met Sally, Billy Crystal never quite made as good of films as he could have been. I think he's always better than the films he was in. But it's good fun. I've not seen City Slickers 2, The Search for Curly's Gold, but... Uh, could be good. Uh, your friend, my friend, Maria, has gone for Catch Me If You Can, Casablanca, and Cool Runnings. Okay, yep. Um, we had a couple of people come to us on uh, on Twitter. Uh, a friend of my brother's called Rob, who goes under the name Beardbot. Um, <laughs> Great name, Rob. Su- yes. Yeah, uh, suggested the Cars trilogy. Um, oh, oh. And any seven... Oh. <laughs> and any seven carry-on films. There you go. Um Oh, no, 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 no. No? Sorry, Rob. Um, And someone who goes under the name Mrs. Crane, which I'm confident isn't their real name because they seem to be um, just a a Frasier fan, uh, has suggested Cabaret. So thank you for that. Another musical. It's another musical, isn't it? Right. Those those are all the many, many suggestions we had. And um, to remind you of the point system, we scored points 10 to 1 for our top 10. Every other suggestion gets one point. And we have a definitive top 10, Zijan. Are you ready? I'm bet there are lots of ties, though. Uh, there are quite a few ties, but not as many as I thought there might be. Uh, cool, so, let's go. Um, in joint eighth place, there's three films in joint eighth, uh, Cloud Atlas, Captain America the Winter Soldier, and Cabin in the Woods. Cool, yeah, in, <laughs> fair enough. In seventh place, uh, with one of only two films to get votes from you and me and other, uh, is Crazy Stupid Love. Good film. In joint fourth um, is Crazy Beautiful, Coraline, um, and Chicago. You can probably work out those are the ones that got 10 points. Um, yep. Right. Here are the top three. Uh, in third place, with uh, eight points from me and three points from everyone else, is Casablanca. Mm-hmm. And in joint first, with 12 points um, each, uh, is Catch Me If You Can and Collateral. Mm. There you go. The definitive top 10 of films beginning with the letter C. By the C to Z of movies. There you go. Uh, I would suggest, Ian, that we give Actor Factor a miss this week because we're running out of time. Yes. Um, so we'll bump, we'll bump Bill Hader till next week. Um, that was good fun, though. I was I enjoyed good. Doing the list. I enjoyed it. We should do it again. Maybe, maybe Z will be tricky. Um, We've done this. Zombieland. Zombieland is number one. There you go. Definitive. Uh, mm. We can <laughs> we can try Z some of the time. But yes, thank you again for everyone who uh, submitted. Particularly if this is your first time listening, and I've managed to con you into listening by getting you to suggest for film. Especially to the, at this point on the podcast, because it's like the what one hour mark now. <laughs> it is well, it is as we record, but I, I might uh, actually an hour and a ten as I record, but I'll, I'll try and cut bits out. We'll be fine. <laughs> we have a quiz though to get through. Yes, we do. It's on Darren Aronofsky. Hit me. So, question one: The film Black Swan is set in which American city? I watched about the first ten minutes of this film, and I couldn't take any more. I thought you finished it. No. <laughs> Uh, so I have absolutely no idea, um, and I am going to say it's Los Angeles. It's New York City. Uh, it's always going to be one of those. Have you, have you seen any of Darren Aronofsky's films? Yes. 
I think I've seen one of them. No, two of them. Um, okay, it's not too bad. Then. Uh, one of them is the wrestler. In the wrestler, Mickey Rourke breaks a pole bearing which country's flag? The American flag? No, it's Iran. Apparently, there was a a huge, oh. a huge outcry in Iran about this. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I read that. <clears throat> I forgot about it. So, what's other film you've watched? Uh, Pi. Oh no. <laughs> Question two from me is the film Requiem for a Dream. Oh yes. Is based on a novel of the same name by which author? No idea. <laughs> Hubert Selby Jr. Okay. Uh, question two for you. Um, which of his films did Aronofsky describe as being, quote, very much like a Rubik's Cube, where you can solve it in several ways, but ultimately there's only one solution at the end? Ah, oh, right this. Um, is it The Fountain? It is The Fountain. Good work. 1-0. Uh, question three. Which famous singer was asked personally personally by Mickey Rourke to write and play the title song for the film The Wrestler for no fee. Uh, I have no idea. I've seen this film, but I clearly don't remember that happening. Can't even make a sense what's just I think Neil Diamond. It's Bruce Springsteen. Did he do it? Yeah, he did. Oh, really? He did for no... Because they're good friends. He's good friends with Mickey oh, Rourke. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, question three for you. For which film was Aronofsky nominated for Best Director at the Oscars? It... Uh, it has to be Black Swan, right? It does indeed. Two now. Question four. In Mother, all the characters' names are all shown in lowercase, apart from whose? Uh, him. Yeah, that's right. Uh, question four for you. Uh, in the film Pi, Max and his mentor Sol play which game? Uh, play which game? <laughs> they play a game. They play a game. Uh, what games are there? Is it tic-tac-toe? It's chess. Is it chess? Uh, it's go. Uh go and last question from me which of Dar- Aronofsky's films is banned in Malaysia for contra- uh, contradicting the teachings of Islam uh, it's probably Noah yeah. <laughs> yeah that's correct so I've pulled it level but I've got a feeling you're going to get this last one right Zijan um, in Mother what is unique about the character him in the closing credits yeah his um, it's capitalised it is capitalised like it's your 3-2 win which pulls you level at 7 all for the year that's, I think that's 3 in a row isn't it that's yeah in October dear me three more months to, to go I need to pull my finger out um, but next time uh, the quiz will be since I'm going to Toronto uh, the quiz will be on the Toronto International Film Festival <laughs> okay uh, no particular year just, just in just general just in general <laughs> okay just do something a bit different uh, what is our main topic for next time Zijan it would be Blade Runner 2049. It would indeed. Getting rave reviews. Um, very, very good reviews. Great. And we will see you then. Bye.